Hey, everyone. Welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee, and we want to welcome you today for having... Well, for those of you that are catching the show as an actual podcast, we are, uh, of course, streaming on all our normal locations, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube Live, a um, few other places, a few places on Facebook, and then we are also in a clubhouse room. And Rob has got the control on that. We're going to be bringing people up. But Rob, uh, how you been since uh, last Wednesday? <laughs> I know these these shows come around pretty fast, and uh, and so I'm doing fine, Todd. It's our it's our Saturday morning show, which is always great. Uh, this is this is the day of the week that we started doing this show. What like ten years ago? So this is a this is a long running show that we've been doing, talking about really new media video. If you're new to the show and are in the clubhouse room, we, this show typically covers what's going on in the podcasting industry, what's going on, uh, with online video. Uh, we usually have guests on, but we haven't had guests on for a while, Todd. And I think it has a lot to do with, uh, the fact that we've been doing things on clubhouse and hopefully we have plenty of guests. <laughs> I think we will. But, uh, anyway, just to get everyone caught up, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, if you've just joined us, newmediashow.com, it's a place to go. You go over there and smash a follow or subscribe. And of course, you can get a PhD by listening to this show. Just, uh, you know, that's how deep we go at times. But Rob, what uh, what's top of mind for you? Do you want to talk about anything before we bring a guest up? Or we're, we're going to have a Q&A time, I guess, aren't we? Or what's the, what's the plan here? Yeah, I think... Let, let's just talk talk a little bit about, about some of the the top topics from the last couple of days, and then we can we can bring up some some clubhouse um, folks. We've got quite a few people in the room, and I want to thank everybody for jumping in here and participating in the the live recording of this. And just want to um, remind everybody that this is recorded, so um, your voices will go out on a video and audio podcast. So if you wanted to subscribe to the show. Um, it's available at newmediashow.com and it, it, it's in all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Um, so yeah, I think Todd, that the, the interesting thing, um, that came out, I think over the last couple of days is how Google is now supporting captions in their podcast, uh, listening experiences, um, on, on the Android side of stuff is what it looked like. Um, so, so I think it's, it's a terrific move forward for accessibility and podcasting. Um, and it's also available in the Chrome browser. Uh, so I don't know what, what you think about that. I think it takes a little bit of pressure off some of the, the, the podcast apps that are in the Android store to, to adopt this themselves. Right. Well, um, it, it depends if, well, it, I don't think it takes the pressure off them because Google's done it first and we we've, we've known that Google's it's been building it into everyone individually right yeah yeah level thing. but at right. the same point I think what we're you know there is you have to have accessibility things turned on in Chrome right. so there it is it is largely right now browser based and I I'm assuming it works the same on the mobile and the Chrome browser I'm not 100% positive yeah on the Android phones it actually works uh, across the platform, I guess. Oh, so. that, that's that's really incredible if you think about it. Now, one thing that we have to keep in mind is Google has been transcripting shows for a while now, so it'll be interesting to see how good the accuracy is of those 
you know, if you want to see how well uh, Google's doing, turn it on and then watch a show and read the, right. You know, read the, the closed <laughs> caption. If you speak clearly, if you want that transcript to come out well. <laughs> so I'm sure they will have bumps in, in, but it's just like any other automated system. It's like, you know, it's an 85 to 90% solution. It's not perfect, but I, this is what I've been telling podcasters now for a while that Google is not playing and they're, they're here to make an impact in the space. And yet out of a hundred shows that I listen to maybe 10, maybe 10 will, will encourage their Android listeners to subscribe to their show or even on their websites, give them a way to, to go listen. They're so hyper-focused on Spotify and on Apple podcasts that they continue to ignore the Android users. It just drives me crazy. And you would think by now people would have woke up to this, but this is the case on a huge percentage of shows. Well, and, and we have yet to see this from um, Apple's platform, right? So this, would, this is going to put a little pressure on Apple to adopt closed captioning um, for audio. I think there's actually a law that actually says that any online video from a major media source, and I think that that's being kind of drilled down to even a lower level, um, has to have captions. Um, well, there it, is a law. It depends that. on where the content is broadcast to. And that's the key. If it's put on cable TV from a video standpoint, if it's, if it's put on cable TV, it has to have closed captions. So if it's from a broadcast standpoint, but still there's not, no law for purely digital delivery. Now we're not right. saying that isn't the, the right thing to do is make sure that people can have accessibility and, and, you know, we've worked hard, you know, we've talked about this topic a lot on this show is we've, you know, both of us, our companies have worked hard to make sure that our platforms are accessible and that for creators, but the listener part is, you know, been harder. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's safe to say that everybody can do better at this. Um, so I did pull up uh, Scott Jans up to the, the stage in Clubhouse, and it looks like he's the host of the Trust the Trail podcast. Uh, looks like, uh, Scott, thanks for stepping up. Did you have a comment about the, the whole conversation about uh, closed captioning, or do you have another comment? Well, I think I uh, appreciate you putting me on stage. Uh, Todd, nice to see you. Uh, Mike Dell down there, uh, nice to see you. Uh, Todd actually hosts uh, my podcast on his uh, on Blueberry, so oh, I appreciate good. that. Yeah. Um, my, uh, I guess my question is that I don't do enough closed captioning, and, and I realized that, that that was probably a mistake early on. We're almost 200 episodes in. And what would be the best way to go back and um, and I and I know there's services out there, but is there a service that you would recommend that I can go back and make sure that that is all closed captioned? Well, you you and about 1.5 million podcasters are not doing closed captioning because there's no right. way to do closed captioning in podcasting right now. So Google is the first to have provided a. a closed captioning acquiesce type of playback. So yeah. what, what in a native experience in a right? native experience. Yeah. So the, 
what a lot of podcasters have done. And, you know, if you're a Blueberry customer, you can get a free transcript for every episode. Now it's a computer-generated transcript by a partner, Audioburst. And that now can be linked. If you're using WordPress plus PowerPress, that now that transcript can now be linked um, in your metadata as courtesy of the new tags that Podcast Index has put forth. We, we in release of version 8.5 of PowerPress, we put in, I think, five or six of those Podcast Index tags. There's a chapter tag, there's a privacy tag, there's a location tag, but there's also the transcript tag. And I think that one is probably the one. And again, you, you, you'll get the transcript a couple hours after you get done publishing the show, so you're going to have to go back in. But there is really, at this point, even though we've got these tags in place, we now have to in, encourage the app developers to start utilizing those tags. Now, there is a plan to have some sort of closed caption type tag. And remember, closed caption, though, to do it legally <laughs> and to do it correctly is incredibly expensive. Uh, this, is not, this is not a cheap undertaking because it has to have minute by, or second by second tracking of the words and so that as a playback happens it, it's not it's not inexpensive to do this uh, from an individual standpoint so i think what we'll see maybe this will kickstart some stuff and there's a couple of companies that we've talked to that we'd like to integrate with but again if you you know if, if i if i add that to base hosting costs it would double your bill because again it's not this is not, you, you think, you know, people sometimes say, oh, you know, I'm spending $20 a month on my hosting bill. Well, you, you enter closed captioning, it might be $100 an episode or 200 or 300. So I'm hoping Google will, how should we say, API this so that we can get access to this metadata, from, I mean, from Google. Yeah, get access to this, this from, from Google. And if they do that, then the hosting platforms can integrate. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, it's the only way I think really realistically that we're going to get the potential of accuracy in real time, because that's what this is, is this is, this is real time transcription, transcription. Um, it's not, uh, you know, what's being done more generally with transcripts now, which is usually done kind of, um, kind of somewhat offline. Uh, it, it's not being displayed at the same time it's being generated. So people have a chance to get in and edit it, right. To make it better. Um, I do believe that the ADA has rules around how accurate this stuff yeah, is. It's, it's yeah. pretty high. Yeah. So it's, I, you I, know, Google is probably the only one that can really do this or Microsoft or Apple or whatever that can do it at the enterprise scale that needs to be done. I think it's 98, 99% requirement or something like it's really high. Now, you know, we've, we've been talking about all this for a while is making, you know, it, it goes, some podcast hosts don't even have accessible players right now. So the first job is number one, let's make sure they have an accessible player on a website. If, a, if someone that is vision impaired goes to and is using JAWS, make sure that they can start the podcast on a, on a desktop. Number two, most of the apps thank goodness, just because of Apple's and Google's rules are accessible to begin with. They're forced to be accessible. They, they, they make them, they require them as part of their development process to be accessible. And then, so, you know, we've got, 
in essence, the vision impaired folks are the least impacted because they can hear this content, right? Right. And they, it's a navigation, yeah, it's a navigation challenge now. And we've, you know, our policy is if we have an, a ticket that comes in from an accessibility issue, that be that's it's all hand stop. We go number one priority to fix that. It doesn't matter what we're doing. We stop that goes to the top of the pile to get resolved. But the bigger problem is going to be is for the hearing impaired. So the hearing impaired is what we're really doing this for. Um, and you know, it's another level if you're hearing impaired and also vision impaired. And there's, you know, unfortunately there's people that suffer from that as well. But I think the hearing impaired piece, the you know, larger majority of them at least will be able to see these new captions on Google. I would expect that there would be a mass migration, Rob, to, to people that are hearing impaired to using Google podcast with this turned on. Right. Or just Android. Yeah. Or Android. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is a good, good development. I think it's going to put pressure on, um, on Apple to, to come out with something as well. So it's going to be interesting to see the, how long it's going to take Apple to react to this. Um, the other thing that came up, uh, that I wanted to mention too, was I, I think we started talking about it on the last episode, which was around this, uh, this ad blocking, uh, <laughs> in the overcast, uh, application, Marco Armit from overcast. Uh, I guess it's like the third or fourth most popular podcast listening app right now. Um, I, I pulled some data together and if, if we want to, we, we can show it, but, uh, and it may be similar to what you have too, about the ranking of mm -hmm. you know, your listeners are coming what apps are, are getting a certain amount of market share. But what, what what's interesting in this is that uh, I guess we finally got to the bottom between James Cridlin, you and I, and we finally got to the bottom that, that you know, that the, one of the key apps that's doing this uh, blocking certain uh, redirect URLs um, that from like chartable and some of these uh, is being done by a, uh, what's it called? Next DNS, which is a iOS app that you oh. can get that has a list of blocked URLs, um, that will, you know, basically stop access to certain URLs. And I guess the URLs from some of these, uh, podcast hosting platforms is getting blocked. blocked. Well, we know megaphone was being blocked. Right. And we know chartable, no pod sites were being blocked. Blueberries redirect and pod tracks redirect have not yet been blocked, but I'm wondering, you know, I just, I just, you know, I, talked with the team the other day, I just wonder if it's a matter of time because, you know, as soon as someone thinks yeah, we're isn't being used for advertising. No, it's not. And we've got a GDPR policy, but Rob, people yeah. don't know that, you know, un, you know, when someone is seeing a redirect, right. They may automatically assume that that is, you know, some, something nefarious is going on. So, um, you know, we're just going to watch it. And then if we get blocked, we'll go and appeal and say, Hey, we're not, you know, here's our GDPR policy and here is our privacy statement and we're not tracking listeners. So, so it looks like then Rob, the combination was people that were using the next DNS iOS app and overcast were not able to listen to any podcast that had a chartable pod sites or megaphone redirect in unless they white labeled the those domains is that right. my understanding well i don't know that they have a, a 
and James was saying something about the, that they've dropped the terminology blacklist. I yeah, guess. it's blacklist now. It's blacklist now. Right, right. Block, right. Um, yeah, so I guess you're, you're either on the list or not on the list, but what this tells me is that these, these uh, DNS blocking apps uh, have a lot of power. You know, They can decide who gets added to that list and who doesn't, right? Well, I think they also use yeah. uh, some other sources. So they're not, they may not be the origin of, of, of those lists. of those lists. They just use those lists. So, you know, again, I've, you know, we can, and here's, you know, I said this on the last show and let's just be very, very clear. Most people that are using Chartable are not using it for listener attribution. So I just want to make that clear. There are some that are running ads that are using it for listener attribution. And that's essentially matching when a podcast or listener downloads an episode and then also visits the sponsor's website. And that is where they, they come up with an attribution. Um, whether or not that data is being resold or remarketed, we don't know. It's, it's not, that's up for Chartable to make. And I think they've said in the past, they don't do that. So this is not a, a strike on those that are using this strictly for, for measurement. And again, I don't know the pod sites model, but I, you know, here's the thing. If you're, the more you spy on your listeners, that that day is coming to an end very, very soon with all this other stuff that's coming up, like, you know, 13 states adopting California CCCPA yeah. policies. So, I mean, some of us in the podcasting space are, are actively trying to respect listener privacy as much as possible. Um, but I know that the advertising side of the podcasting industry is wanting, you know, wanting to take advantage of that. but. As we've always said on this show, Todd, I'm not sure that there's the incremental benefit in doing that deep targeting anyway. So, and then reselling of your listeners' IPs, uh, that's really where, where we get into the area right. of, of questionable um, ethical um, behavior, especially when that list wasn't opted in specifically. And who knows, we may see opt-in uh, come to these platforms and be able to pass to some group group uh, repository or report it back to each of the platforms or something like that. Who knows that that still could happen, but it's not the reality of today. Right. Does, uh, Scott, do you, do you have any other, uh, comments or questions that you wanted to pose while you're up on stage? No, I appreciate you putting me up on stage and, um, I just appreciate the room. It's, uh, it, you know, you know, just, I love the conversation. Thank you guys. All right. Well, thank you. And if, uh, if anybody else would like to step up and ask a question or contribute to the discussion here, we would love to have you up on stage here. Uh, just re remember it is being re recorded. Um, so see Mark, anybody else? I know Rob uh, hey, or Todd. What? So I got a couple of comments from the Facebook chat sean says my pie hole network which is basically he's using a raspberry pi mm -hmm. as part of a firewall for his home network mm -hmm. he says network-wide ad blocker updated itself to chartable and pod sites to the block list i couldn't download any shows using those services after the update jennifer says in the morning gentlemen muhammad yes the youtube stream is up so don't know why you don't see that but it is online and um it is working. So, but anyway, go ahead, Rob. 
Uh, I was also just wanting to ask everybody out there how our audio sounds today. I know we had a little bit of challenge in the past, so we I think we've worked through our our issues, but would love to get your feedback on that too, uh, as we're trying to juggle lots of lots of streaming here. And I ha- and I have the cable, Rob, so I am capable now of patching. So. Uh, yes. I have noticed, Todd, that you've been putting a lot more of your your live shows up on Clubhouse. Well, I did one. What? Okay, well, that's that's more than you had done before. And I had two attendees. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I didn't announce it. I didn't schedule it. I just started a room and, you know, was playing with it. How did it yeah. sound the night that I did it? Did it sound okay? Cause it sounded good, yeah. All right. <laughs> you did a good job, and I think this... This episode's a lot better than, than it was. I don't know. I mean, how do, how, how do I sound to you? It's it's better. And, and I went through and made sure all my levels on this side were good, too. So you may have tweaked yours. And I think I think it's not coming. It's really rough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I told you I got that Roadcaster, the new Roadcaster Pro. Yeah. And I'm a lot of um, uh, folks that are doing podcasting on Clubhouse have gone out and bought these Roadcasters. I'm sure it's been a run on on the company getting, getting <laughs> just to get going on clubhouse. But, right. Um, but you know, this is a pretty complicated, uh, little mixer machine. E- I know e- you, <laughs> well, if you see how it's wired in here, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a Frankenstein because I, I use a regular Mackie mixer. I have a professional Mackie mixer with multiple channels because there's multiple studios here. There's the green room and then there's a presentation room. So it's all, I got like 12 channels wired in this thing. Now, usually it's just me or one other person. There's, you know, one or two, uh, but it depends on what room I'm in. So when you're telling me, hey, why don't you integrate with a roadcaster? And I had a roadcaster sitting in my other room because I would do interviews in there from time. So I had to squeeze it in. So we, we've got the TriCaster controls on the right. We've got, you know, show central. I've got the switcher in front of me. I've got the roadcaster to the left. It, it looks like mission control, Rob. It's like I'm getting ready to do a SpaceX launch here. Um, and then monitoring all the social stuff. Right. So Looked like Mission Central, Todd. I mean, you have to say. I have to put up a picture to show, but I've got every. I don't have a. You know, I I don't even have a place to put my Red Bull. It, you know, I'm I'm. <laughs> I run out of desk space, but uh, no, I just used a uh, again a mix minus to wire in the Roadcaster, and and it took a little bit of playing with the Roadcaster to make sure that the signal levels on that were right too. So, but anyway. Yeah, we're we're geeking out here. Happy to see that the podcast movement folks uh, posted their 2022 event schedule. Yeah, so there there is light at the end of the tunnel for those of us that uh, prefer to go to in person podcasting conferences. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did a AMA right after our show um, with Podcast Movement University on Wednesday, and I, yeah. I'm going to say the topic I did was organically growing your podcast through things you're currently doing today. Mm-hmm. And Rob, it's, it's again, being driven home to me that the majority of podcasters out there just do not know the, the fundamental podcast one-on-one things they need to do grow, to grow a show. Just, it's just a bit, you know, this, you know, they, they record their podcasts, they get it done, they put it up wherever they're going to put it up, but they don't do the 
the, the metadata, you know, on making it search friendly and all this stuff that we've talked about so many times on the show, because the questions I got were all semi related to, um, you know, asking tech technique questions. And so I, I think there's still a lot of room for, you know, for education for podcasters. Oh yeah. And I I do think that that is happening a lot here on clubhouse. I, I think that there's groups that are, um, you know, in the, the group that we're a part of here, clip pod, um, it, it, it was gracious enough to let us be a, be a part of what they're doing here, uh, is doing a terrific job. You know, sure. There's a lot of variability in what, what people are saying up here and may, may be true, maybe not true. That's open for, for, for discussion. But I think that there is a lot of education and there, there is a lot of new podcasters that are in the space now as well. So it's, it's, a it's a tough battle, you know, and I know that we've never seen so many educational platforms either. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. So, you know, and I, I, I jumped in a room, uh, Thursday maybe, and they were talking about media kits, <laughs> you know, and uh, the one guy was speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking, speaking. And it was fine. He went through how he does his, you know, his media kits. Um, but I've seen 4,000 media kits <laughs> and right. I've seen the things that podcasters do that they shouldn't do in media kits. So, you know, I was able to raise my hand and basically I got on stage and I, you know, spoke for three, five minutes and he just kind of went over some of the things that podcasters shouldn't do. But, you know, that, that was a worthy topic for probably a good hour educating right. someone on how, how to put a media kit together. Now the challenge really in clubhouse is how, how do you share a, an example of a media kit? You know, if, if there was a way in clubhouse for us to drop a, a, an example of a good media kit into that platform, then, right. so, you know, my thought was, was he, he's doing this great content. He's not recording it. If he had been recording it, he could have made a podcast episode and put the link to the media file. And he didn't even give an email. He said, contact me on Instagram. And I'm like, Instagram, you're going to share a media kit via Instagram. No, you know <laughs> what happened? Maybe I'm old. What happened to email? Well, you could do it through direct message, but, but yeah. yeah, but, but what happened to email? You know, don't we email anything anymore, you know? So I don't know. I get, I have 800 emails coming to my inbox over a weekend. Well, Todd, you can always put your email address in your profile. Well, it, um, well, he could have too and said, Hey, just send me an email and I'll send you my media kit example. I wasn't sharing media kits. He, he was the one who was talking about it. So I think if you're right. going to do clubhouse events and if you're going to talk about resources and you're going to talk about stuff, you better have a way to give the people that are in the audience access right. to that easily. Right. And I think that clubhouse needs to, to incorporate some way to do that too built into it. Right. Um, there's another, you know, there's another layer of communication that this app, I, I think they built it to be pretty simplistic. Yeah. To it's, and it's, you know, you look, we got a great audience in here today. We've got a great audience on live. So, you know, probably the most people that have watched us in it, besides doing a live event at like a conference or something, you know, a good number of people in here. Well, uh, and I find that the truth of the matter is, is that I find the more people get involved in these sessions on clubhouse, if it isn't, uh, you know, a live recording of a podcast too. So it, it does kind of beg uh, the, 
question of whether or not we should do the show like we always do, right? And then come in here after the show and spend an hour with with people in here just doing Q and A's because I would love to bring you know, some, some of the folks in the clubhouse room up on stage and we can have a conversation with you a little bit. So if you want to join us up here, just yeah. raise your hand and I'll pull you up on stage and you can be a guest on the new media show. So and it'd be great to have you on and have a, you know, some other ideas, especially coming out of clubhouse. We yeah. would love to ask us, talk. ask us anything that you want, uh, within the podcasting sphere. I'm not a doctor, so I can't answer doctor questions, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ask us any question about your cat or your dog and we'd be happy to address. <laughs> but I will give a shout out to James because I think he does listen to the show. I didn't get your newsletter dude on Friday. What happened? Did did it did it get caught up in a spam bucket or something? Because I had to go to your website to get your newsletter Friday. <laughs> and it wasn't in my spam. So in your spam folder oh, no okay. you know and here's another thing too i think what you're going to see on the sound bites newsletter is that the correct is that what they how they how he terms what? it uh, uh james Cridlin? no it's james it's not james it's his it's not even his partner but it's the person that does oh what's his name he does the uh, talks about ad tech oh yeah yeah brian brian yeah yeah Sounds profitable. Yeah. So yeah, with the sounds profitable newsletter. So Brian on Thursday emailed me. I don't know if you guys got it or not. Probably not because it was all about the redirect and asked us like 10 really, really deep questions. And so we spent, or Angelo spent a couple hours putting a, pre a reply back to him together because I think what there is, is there's a general misunderstanding and I hopefully we'll see how his newsletter frames it. But I think there's a general non-awareness of what, and again, I should have brought this up when we were talking about redirects, but what is, what happens when you have a redirect and what type of data gets passed and all this information that you may not know, it kind of goes deep in the weeds and maybe make most people's eyes glaze over, but yeah, that's right. Yeah. Geek speak is what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I did a presentation, a state of podcasting presentation as part of uh, the Podcast Academy yesterday. So, and I shared some data um, about uh, stuff that I was able to gather over the last few days about the total global podcast content um, market. I don't know, I'm mean, Todd, you have access to a lot of this stuff too. I, I don't know how close it is to the numbers that you have too, but we're we're currently sitting at about uh, 1,983,000 or so podcasts. So we're pushing the 2 million. That'll, um, that'll probably happen then in the next week. We'll probably go over 2 million. Right. And of, of which we're, we're growing at about just a little bit over 100,000 new shows, new podcast shows um, monthly. So that's a big number. It is. And it seems to have been going up. I think, during the beginning of the pandemic, we saw a big spike. Up Not this big. But it's continuing to accelerate as what's happening. Well, that's, that's um, good. So I guess, yeah. And I, I guess over 47 million episodes uh, are currently in the catalog as of March. So 47 plus. And then about 727,000 active shows in the catalog with 10 or more episodes. So uh, that was interesting. 
you know, I, <clears throat> you know, if, if we look, you know, those are obviously there's a fun numbers to, to look yep. at. And I think for all of you that are joining us today, if you haven't started your podcast yet, um, really getting to episode seven to 10 is, is really kind of the, the key to longevity. And Rob, you said that how many had 10 or more episodes? Uh, 727,000. Um, and then there, there's about a half a million shows that just have one episode. I can almost guarantee we're about 99% of them originate. So the, 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 uh, they, they have suffered the, uh, the, the, uh, the anchor, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're joined up on stage by, uh, John, uh, John Wiley. Um, he's the host of the syndicated law enforcement today, radio show and podcast. John, thanks for joining us. And re remember we are recording and this will go out as a podcast, which is probably okay with you. But thanks for joining I'm us. More than okay with that. Uh, I'm working. <laughs> I retired from police work uh, at the ripe old age of 33. I got hurt, permanently disabled, and started, <clears throat> excuse me, started pursuing a career in radio uh -huh. uh, about eight years later. And then I wanted to take what I learned in radio um, and my police career and launch a podcast, which I did in 2017. Uh -huh. uh, we got approached by a radio station, one of we converted to radio, which we did. We're now syndicated, uh, broadcasting on 47 stations once a week to about 23 million combined U.S. population. Wow, that's awesome. And also as a podcast. So um, what I found in my experience is a lot of changes have happened in the radio world recently, uh, which in the talk world opens up a lot of potential for weekends. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of podcasters out there, because I believe content is king, have good stuff. And I just want to know your opinion on what you think uh, some of these great podcasts will be venturing over to radio and become appealing. Oh, <laughs> well, I'd like to, you want to take a shot at it first, Rob? I definitely have some opinion. <laughs> yes. Um, I have a, I have a perspective on this because that's how I started. Uh, I started on the radio um, with my nationally syndicated radio show that I had, that I started in 1999 and I took it out. Uh, I, I operated it as a syndicated radio show on XM Southern radio network for a few years as well. And took it out as a podcast in 2004 and then kind of shut down the radio show side of it in, in 2006. So, um, I've gone all digital after that, but that's not to say that I, I don't have a fondness for radio and, and w what's going on there. I, I, I think that the, the radio industry has discovered that it's best to create original content, uh, for podcasting than it is to repurpose typically radio shows into podcasting. Um, just as a general, that's not to say that, you know, you shouldn't do it or anything like that. Uh, take your, your radio show and put it out as a podcast. I just think that, you know, it's, it's a little bit of what I'm struggling with, with clubhouse here with doing this, uh, as a live recording of a podcast. And I mean, cause we're kind of mixing metaphors here a little bit. And I think that that's what goes on with radio too. So, so, you know, I definitely wish you the best in, in growing your, 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 your radio show. And I think that there is an interesting intersection that's, uh, actually Tom Webster brought up in the, and we should talk about this too, Todd, um, between radio and, um, 
and uh, Clubhouse. But uh, yeah, I wish you a lot of luck with your with your radio show. I think that's a great ambition, especially for the topic that you're covering. So, John, just to give you a little insight, I I talk to radio execs weekly, and they're usually from stations that have you know seven or ten stations. They're not the iHearts. They're not the, you know, the, the ones that have two or 300 stations. These are small operators. And my strategy for them has been, listen, you, you've already fired <clears throat> and don't have anyone available to talk about local sports, local entertainment, uh, local events, da, 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 you know, all these things that they've dropped because of no money. And I, and I said, uh, you know, that's not going to come back. But you, your, your radio station serves a community purpose. So why don't you find some podcasters to help supplement whatever you're doing on Morning Drive? Have a two or three minute segment from someone that's come in and and done a segment maybe locally, um, or use it as a farm. You know, use find twenty shows that the station loves and put them underneath your banner as part of a a, a network play. And then graduate those folks in, into programming. And um, some listen to that, some don't. And a lot of folks, and, on, and then, then a lot of the radio stations just want to take morning drive and you know, don't do any editing and encapsulate that into a three-hour podcast that no one's going to ever listen to again. Um, but in the end, here's the number one thing why radio stations are not adapting podcasting in both original content bringing on talent and segmenting stuff in, they have no budget, they have no money. And this is the problem. They're broke. The advertising market has declined in local advertising across the country. So Just think about how many small businesses have been put out of business because of this pandemic. Uh, and that just gives you a little bit of a clue of what's happened to radio. But I think radio has a prime opportunity to, you know, let's, you know, John, by looking at your picture, you look about my age. And so my kids are grown, but my kids are all Pandora, Apple music. They're listening to Spotify. They're, you know, they are on, they're listening to music and they're all digital and you get, you get in their cars and turn it on and the Bluetooth is connected to their phone. They're, They're not on AM FM. So don't get me wrong. Radio's got plenty of legs left. It's going to, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. It's not going anywhere anytime soon, but they're going to age out. They're going to age out over time. Um, the demographic is going to continue to grow older and older and older and older. So radio has to do something to, to shift. Now, you know, if, if you're working in an office and they're playing FM 100 uh, as background music to the whole office, that may not change because we right. know, listen to a podcast takes active listening. I stop working when I'm listening to a podcast because I, I pause, you know, the radio is usually dribble. So you don't have to pay attention. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's a segment that comes on, they do a prank or something like that. And it gets your attention for a few minutes, but you know, I think podcasting and radio has a good marriage, but uh, at least, you know, Rob and I, we used to go to radio events and speak and, they would all go get a drink and there would be 20 people left in the room. And then the next radio topic would come in and the 250 people would come back in the room. Now they don't leave the room. So at least they're staying and listening now. Well, and Todd, the other part that's happening is we're not getting invited to those events anymore. No, we're not. (laughs) We're not. 
for some reason. I've been scratching my head on that. Why? It's because the radio industry has their own podcasting experts. That's right. Supposed experts. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, iHeart has barely, globally, they have like like two-tenths of one percent market share. You know, yet they're the most popular podcast platform. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. So, John, do you have any more, you know, comments back from all that? Any kind of experience that you've had that you want to share? The, the one thing I've found is this, that, um, and I, I come from a music radio, I'm still the music radio DJ, and it, it's so formatted, it's difficult to establish personality and or uh, local content. And the truth is, and you guys hit the nail on the head, most of the radio stations, they don't have budgets now. And most of the people here on air aren't even in the station right. or in the city. So yep. uh, what I found in the talk world, in the talk music, is that in the weekend program in particular, they are looking for programs they can run that will hold at the interests of their listeners that they're not political, that won't drive a, a, a primary listener away and might attract new listeners to station. And predominantly, a lot of the stations do brokered content where right. you pay for your time on yep. there. But yep. that all sounds the same after a while. And the way the local economy has been impacted, uh, so many people can't pay their bills anymore. So that opens, I believe, mm -hmm. a prime target and prime slot for podcasters like me. And I think that's a big part of why my show has grown the way it has. Well, Todd, and we're seeing a, a, a new platform start to develop. It's called CityCast um, that's that's starting to develop. I believe they've launched uh, in Denver, and uh, I'm trying to think uh, what's the other city that they well, launched. I, I'm not sure, but I wish them luck. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I've been down, I was down this road in 2005, and for, for just a little history, we, we launched a a, uh, a, you know, probably wasn't the right name. We launched a, a website called podcaster news <laughs> that was segmented by city and, uh, had entertainment had, uh, all the things I thought radio didn't have. Well, we had a very, very hard time with that. And podcaster news became blueberry.com. So this platform is called <laughs> CityCast. Uh, the tagline is we're city cast. Uh, we make podcasts that connect you with the city you love. It's, uh, Launching in Chicago and Denver uh, are, are, are the two. And the person that's behind this is the fellow that was, um, that was one of the leaders of the podcasting efforts at Slate. Mm. Uh, Mr. Uh, here, let me get to his. Rob, I know, you know, lo local podcasting has been near and dear to your heart for a long time and you've hoped it would take off. So maybe well, this is going to be the company that's going to get her done. Yeah, it's actually the the guy that started this, his name is David Plotz, and he was one of the key drivers of Slate's podcasting that then turned into Megaphone. So, and then now Megaphone is part of a bigger, bigger media group now, but, um, so you can see that there's a Genesis, there's a group of young people that are getting involved in this company. They're lo looking for, for new employees too. Um, and I believe they're going to build this infrastructure across the country. And they've started out, like I said, in Chicago and Denver, and they're building uh, teams, Todd, just, I'm you know, very exciting because to be honest with you, it's, that's what it's going to, right. 
it's going to take a dedicated effort and hopefully they got some venture money to be able to, to float it and pay people and get things off the ground and run. And, and if they, if they're successful with this and if they, you know, just, okay. Some of you are going to know what I'm talking about. I remember when I was living in Honolulu, I could listen to the radio station and hear um, discussion about what was going to happen in local venues, what band was in town, which concert was coming, all these things that were, I didn't have to read the newspaper to get, or may not have heard otherwise. And I could say, oh man, it, you know, such and such artist is coming and maybe he's doing a small venue. Maybe I can get tickets. Right. Th- that all dried up, you know, and, and there wasn't really this information anymore um, to get that. So if they can succeed in talking local, 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 and then get local sponsors because most people listening are going to be local. So then they're going to start to erode and can erode what radio has been so successful in is getting the local Ford dealership to announce their, you know, their spring sale or the furniture company or the mattress company or whoever advertises on the radio. Those vendors will now have a new and truly targeted audience that's local. So, well, Todd, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that David has the plan for this is to build it out pretty significantly across the country and then sell to iHeart. <laughs> <laughs> Probably well, that's well. You know, if uh, if I was a local station, <laughs> right. you know, may, maybe what you got to do is franchises, franchise it out, and that way you sell it like radio. You guys can have these twenty shows, and you know, I'll, I'll franchise this to you. Do a licensing, uh, you know, licensing agreement where you can keep getting paid forever. <laughs> yeah, but he's building teams of uh, young people. Good uh, that that's... are that are producing. Um, that's you know, exciting. And if a, I was uh, uh, NPR type quality content, if so, I was a budding new podcaster and they were in Chicago and if I lived in Chicago or Denver, I would be like knocking those folks door down to try to get on that. So if you wanted to go, go check it out, go to citycast.fm. So that's the, that's the domain name. If you want to go check it out a little bit more, let's see if so, I can bring it up here for the viewing audience. But uh, John, is there any other questions that, that you have? I want to thank you for for stepping up and joining us. And so, what's the what's the best way that a that a listener can go check out your Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast? Uh, easiest way: just go to letradioshow.com. Get all the information there. You listen to the podcast or get more information. Radio stations. Uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. It is a uh, intelligent conversation with real information about podcasting and the audio format which i firmly believe in and i enjoyed it very much all right well thank you john i appreciate yeah, thank it thank you oh go, go ahead todd yeah nothing go ahead Rob. i was just gonna say i want to invite anybody else who wants to step up on stage and uh take take john's place and maybe we, ask a question or two wait if you're a podcaster we know you want to talk so come on worse <laughs> <laughs> I was I did load their site up, Rob, and uh, says we're CityCast. We make podcasts that connect you with the city you love. So I, I, you know, this this looks good. Yeah. And um, well, 
David himself is a podcaster. He did the, the politics podcast for slate. Mm-hmm. I believe he was the host of that. So he has a background in radio and I believe, uh, NPR as well. So he's got a strong, strong background in doing local radio. Boo hoo. They're hosting on megaphone though. So well, is that a surprise? Well, it's, it, it should not be a surprise, but he, you know, he's, some of his content's going to be blocked by those ad blockers. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. Well, I don't know how long um, these platforms are going to be able to do that that stuff. I mean, they need to change the reputation. Of the, I mean, at some point, that's going to have to change, right? So as all of these um, countries and states pass these privacy laws, the the world is crashing down on the digital advertising market a little bit. I, I think it's doomsday. well the doj is now looking at google over their desire to obliterate i guess that's not even the right way to pronounce that uh the cookie so well they to get rid of it to get rid of the cookie the tracking cookie just eat eat the cookie i guess yeah they want you know an upcoming version of chrome there and so it's all about again about privacy now, right. so those of you that are listening to us, understand when you go to Amazon, you opt in to be tracked. When you sign up for Gmail, you opt in to be tracked. When you go into Facebook, you've opted in to be tracked. Okay. When you subscribe or follow a podcast, you didn't opt into nothing. You opted into listening. From like Spotify, then you probably have oh, opted if, in. Yeah. Track. If you have an account on Spotify, you've opted in to be tracked. Yeah. Yeah. So. so that's part of the game with that. Uh, if you're in a proprietary platform, uh, you're probably going to be tracked and you've been given, not, not probably, <laughs> well, you've been given the opportunity to opt in. Right. Potentially, right. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem with podcasting is that the open RSS nature of podcasting doesn't give people across the board ability to opt in. And I think some of us always get annoyed, you know, maybe you Google a product, right? And for the next, and for the next two weeks, that ad follows you around everywhere you go. Especially after you bought that product. Right. And it's still following you. It doesn't know you purchased. Oh my God. It, you, I did buy that. But you know, you do have to worry about when they do stop tracking you, they know that you have purchased that product. They've resold that data back to the broker and said, Hey, this, we're not going to target him for a, for product X anymore. So that tells you how ingrained it is. They, they know. Um, but Todd. They haven't connected up the dots even to say, once you've bought it, stop delivering ads to me though. Rob. They continue to deliver ads to me. I know. I've already bought. But Rob, Google, Facebook. Right. All those companies, Amazon, they know more about you than your spouse or your partner does. (laughs) (laughs) You know. That's true. Even when you go incognito and try to hide, they're still, they're still tracking you. That's, there's a big, there's a big lawsuit about that right now. Yeah, well, that's probably happening on Clubhouse here too. I mean, probably right. <laughs> we'll just build out our profiles in Clubhouse. Yeah, except it, the da- the data is going back to China, not to the United States. <laughs> so, uh, we, of our our visitors here um, that that have joined us in Clubhouse, if if you're also participating in sessions over in the Twitter Spaces side of things, and I'm curious to maybe open that up to have a little bit of a conversation about that, what the experiences are between the two. I hear people talking about um, how, you know, Twitter is going to eat clubhouses lunch, you know, just because of the scale of Twitter. 
uh, I'm not so convinced that that's going to be the case. I think Clubhouse has first mover advantage. Well, they have, there's a whole different experience, Rob. When you start a space in Twitter, you have to, if you want to invite people, you have to invite them. And there's really no way to, when I see, you know, during my phone, during the day, I get boop, 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 boop. I get notifications of what's going on in Clubhouse. Right. And there's a schedule and there's events. So Twitter's got a long ways to go to, to ramp up. It's going to be great for some people to have huge, interactive, hardcore followers. But I think right. the Twitter Spaces stuff is going to be a lot more, I, I don't think you're going to have as big a groups. Maybe. Depends on the person, too. It's true. Hey, Steve, thanks for joining. Thanks for saying hello in the chat. So, and for those of you that have joined us late, we're also streaming this live. If you want to watch this actual video live, you can also go to newmediashow.com forward slash live. And there's a live embed there from the YouTube embed. So I'm really, I think we're open to any questions here and uh, don't let, uh, raise your hand, come on stage. If nothing else, uh, introduce your podcast, talk about how it's going and any, you know, really we're, we're open to answer any question today. So. Yeah. I mean, Todd, until, you know, we, we have somebody join us up there. I wanted to just kind of share some basic stats that I pulled out of the, at least the Lipson platform. And I don't know if you have access to this breakdown on the Blueberry platform right now for us to compare, but uh, we're, we're currently showing as of, uh, the end of February that Apple is at about 59.2% of all of the podcast downloads. Yeah, I, I think, I think the saying. last I checked, we we're 62, 63. So probably right in there within the margin of error. Yeah. What's fascinating about that is if you look at, uh, other, other hosting platforms, and I've seen these ranking charts from like a Buzzsprout or some of these other ones they'll have a completely different distribution. Yeah. Here. Um, some of them will, I, I believe Buzzsprout is even as, as much as 25% Spotify because we're showing Lipson is showing that Spotify is only about 13.2% of the total downloads. Seven to 8% with us. Seven to eight. And I think that speaks to, and the more I think about it is it speaks to the genre of shows that are hosted on our platform. And it also uh, speaks to the longevity of the shows that have been on our platform. Yeah. Uh, if you look at Buzzsprout or you look at some of the newer platforms, they tend to, um, haven't been around as long. Right. So they tend to have a, a little bit less, or maybe they're produced by younger producers that are much more appealing to a Spotify audience and why they, they, they would index a little stronger on the consumption side, um, on Spotify versus Apple. Because I know that, as you've heard, Todd, there's been a lot of talk about how Spotify is going to, you know, take over the number one spot for from Never. Apple and all this stuff. And, you know, we're not seeing it across no. 80,000 shows. No. I don't believe you are either. Yeah, we're, so. we're measuring 80, about 85,000 shows. But again, they're not all hosting with Blueberry. So some are using our free stats platform. Right. right. And, right. um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting mix. And I, I've got a little bit of a theory about it because, well, I can't talk about some company proprietary stuff, but I would just say that our podcasters are largely uh, more inclined to build their brand on their own website with um, supporting their business, supporting, um, um, 
supporting consulting. There's all kinds of, it's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, it's, it's typically at least, you know, because we've got PowerPress, we've got a lot of people that are using WordPress and PowerPress and it just, a, they're just a, it's a little bit different mindset for someone that may just have a site on some locked in vertical. So, and they tend to be more professional. So, professional natured and, and not saying professional podcast, but professional natured. Cause again, I don't, I'd have to go look at the makeup of Buzzsprout's, but maybe it's also Buzzsprout has, that's who they've chosen to make sure that, you know, in their training of their podcasters, maybe that's who they tell them to, you know, promote Apple podcasts and promote Spotify. You know, we kind of downplay Spotify a little bit. Why are you downplaying Spotify? Just curious. Well, we don't downplay it. It's it's get, it gets an equal billing and destinations, and you put on your subscribe sidebar. Yeah, because you know we know where it, you're really truly not subscribed on on Spotify. I guess you follow to a certain extent. That's but, that's the shift that the industry's making. right, right. And I think a lot of our listeners are used to being, you know, engaged and. Right. And part of a show in a more deeper level. Yeah. yeah. And, and that they, might be wrong on that, but that, that's my assumption. Right. The, the third most popular listening platform in Lipson right now, um, and appears to be growing is Google podcasts. Yeah. Us, uh, us too. Two point, uh, uh, what was it? 2.2%. That's where we flip. We're, we're like at, um, Matter of fact, Google Podcasts is higher than Spotify. I think we're like 13%. Well, the Google Android platform as a whole is um, is much higher on our platform. That, but, but we've been pushing to subscribe on Android for five years before Google joined the party. You know, So our audiences have been trained or our podcasters have been trained to, to attract Android listeners. So are you aggregating all of the Android apps into one number? Is that what you're I, I doing? I can, but Google Podcast is still by itself doing, oh, I, I'd have to pull it up. But they're, they're almost neck and neck with Spotify. Okay. Got it. Yeah, it's very, very close. One, you know, it, it, they, they probably can change positions easily. But. Yeah, because we're showing that the fourth most popular listening app for podcasts is overcast. Yeah, us too. That's an iOS only app. If you're not familiar with it. Uh, and then right after that is stitcher and they have an app for iOS and Android. And it looks like the aggregate of those two is 1.64%, which I believe is, is a pretty significant drop. Overcast for us is three or 4%. Is it? Yeah. Uh, but everyone else then quickly drops to 1% or below. Yeah. There's yeah. very few in the top 10. I think there's four or five in the top 10 that maybe six in the top 10 that stay above 1%. And Podcast Attic. Yeah, that's uh, another popular one. Yeah. Which is on Android uh, is 1.24%. Uh, CastBox is the next one at 1.16%. And then from there, it just pretty much gets below 1%. Yeah. And Pocket Cast is almost at 1%. iHeartRadio is less than 1%. Yeah, less, way less. Like uh, even probably less than, it's probably like point, 
zero zero four or three or something like that. <laughs> it's low. It's low. Yeah. And it looks like we have a person that's going to join us up on stage. Awesome. So we'll pull him up and see what he has to say. <laughs> we'll put some pressure on him here. No, just kidding. Um, Patrick, thank you so much. Patrick Johnson, thank you so much for stepping up and joining us up on, on stage. Um, our, I, it's not clear in your profile if you're doing any podcasting. Are you looking at podcasting? Or are you doing one? What's your... Oh yeah, I, I do one. It's in the third line. Um, oh, okay. I couldn't see it. <laughs> the short. Yeah, list. how you doing today, Rob? Good, good. What's going on. Thanks for stepping up. Do you have a question or a comment yeah, or anything like that? Well, well yeah, I'm, I was going to comment first off. Uh, hello, hello, good afternoon. Yeah. I mean, if it's afternoon, morning, or, or after or night, but whatever time it is, we're, we're all in the same place right now. So that's a good thing, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's great. So um, I'm listening to you guys talk about you know the the, uh, the percentages as far as where our uh, podcast shows are being hosted and, and listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my my podcast right now. I'm currently looking at it right now. I'm at fifty eight percent for pot, Apple Podcast, but I will say there has been an uptick in Pandora uh, podcasting. Like I'm up to twelve percent. That is wow. over the Spotify. Um, Spotify was uh, Spotify and iHeartRadio were number two and three for quite some time for me. Now it's uh, Apple Apple Podcast was always been Apple Podcast number one with 58 percent, and now I'm at twelve percent with Pandora, and then nine with I uh, Spotify and iHeartRadio, and all other come after that. So yeah. it was kind of funny to hear you guys speak about the, the percentages like that. Yeah, I think it does vary a lot from show to show, um, <clears throat> and that's a difficult one for us to talk about because we don't have X. I mean, we're we're not looking at individual shows, but I do believe, and Todd, maybe you jump on this too, that certain shows have genres that appeal to different listening platforms. It depends on what your orientation is. Like Pandora, not everybody's in Pandora, so yeah, you're lucky uh, to be in Pandora, by the way. Because right. <laughs> so, <laughs> <that was> great, <laughs> that's the other part of this too. So, I mean. What do you think is going on? Why do you think that these other platforms besides Pandora, which I think is kind of a, a kind of an outlier case here, but like Spotify and and those, and why do you think Apple's a little less for you? Do you think do you have any ideas? Well, well I think um, personally, I think that it's the interfacing as far as the, the the operating system goes. With Pandora, it's so seamless to go from just listening to the music to straight to podcast. The way they incorporate it, that it makes it a seamless transition. So I think that within itself makes it more appealing to the average Apple user. I would want to say the average iOS user. Yeah. So the interface itself is something that that's accommodating to someone, even on the most novice level of technology. Right. Yeah. So I feel as if even with Apple, Apple has got the clear cut advantage. I mean, they're Apple, right. We don't have to get into uh, what Apple can provide, but we, we know that they're the powerhouse when it comes right. to what they want to emulate and what they want to see from the consumers. Yeah. So, I know that they're like the, they put out the product first and then everyone else wants to emulate what they're doing. But all in all, everyone's pretty much watching what everyone's doing and trying to make sure that it works for them. Right. So um, Pandora is definitely taking a, a great approach at doing it because 
they're emulating and incorporating a lot of things that Apple has done right thus far. Yeah. So I think that's why it's creeping up. But at least for me, in my case, I mean, I, I speak to a few of my podcast friends like Billy and Mark that are in here right now. So I, I get good information from them as well. So I, I see uh, a certain direction that is going, but I really see the uptick in Pandora because of the interfacing. Uh, you know, Rob, if you think about the history of this, and maybe this is a good time because we're the, you know, we're the two guys that probably been here the longest in the space. You know, and that, again, I, if somebody else on it has been here longer in podcasting, I apologize. But um, when Apple added podcasting to iTunes at the time in 2005, it was truly an inflection point for people being able to easily be able to subscribe to a podcast. Because remember, it was a different time. It was before the iPhone. And everyone was using iPods and we were all syncing. And then when the iPhone came on the scene, there was really true, no true native podcast app for a number of years. And then when Apple made the podcast app native to iOS, in other words, when you bought an iPhone and you turned it on, it was a default app that was preloaded on the device and people often found podcasting by just clicking on that and say, what is this? Right. So they, they, had, they, were, they had the forethought to add the app directly to the platform. Now, this is where Android fell behind for many, many years is there was no native, and really still even today, almost per se, there's true no native podcast experience. In other words, you buy an Android phone, you don't necessarily have an Android, I mean, a podcast app. Google Podcast app is not loaded by default because Google's dealing with OEMs and you have to negotiate with Samsung and you know all these other companies that make phones on so for them just to add a single icon, you know, they've already got their Gmail, Chrome, Maps, you know, they, that comes on most Android phones. But just to add one more native app is often concessions, millions of dollars. So they haven't done it yet. So this is why Android in a, as a platform has kind right. of waned because you had to physically go find a podcast app in the app store. So... Well, a lot of the devices, the, the, the phones in the early days, Todd didn't get updates. No, no, either. no, so they didn't you couldn't actually even get an upgrade app podcast app into those devices because they were locked. So the beauty of what's happened here is most of us listen to some sort of music. We listen either on Spotify, we listen on Pandora, maybe we listen on iHeart, maybe we listen on Apple music, uh, maybe we listen to Amazon music, you know, it all depends, you know, everyone has their thing. So with podcasting now having been added to Amazon Music, it's been added to Pandora, it's been added to iHeart, it's been added to Spotify. What we've really done in this instance is we've given more options, but we've also gained audience because it's non-duplicative voice. People are discovering shows on Pandora that they would have never discovered anywhere else and they're clicking play and they're listening this is a good thing for us. And matter of fact, uh, Rob, next week, if everything goes on plan, we can't talk about it yet. There's going to be a new platform that's going to be starting to introduce some podcast features that will be yep. big. And I think what we'll see is, again, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, we're trying to grow the onion. You know, we started out small. You know, we're putting layers on the onion and making podcasts available everywhere and for a podcaster. And this is huge opportunity to build audience because it doesn't, we don't care where they listen as long as they listen. Right. 
And uh, if you're having success on Pandora, man, step on the gas pedal. Um, well, and now, now Pandora, the same company that owns Pandora, now owns Stitcher. Right. So, you know, that's that's one of the fallout from the consolidation that's been happening, too, is that, um, you know, these platforms, you know, I think they're going to maintain separate brands. I, I don't think they're going to roll it up into no. one. Like Pandora is going to go away one day or Sirius is going to go away or or even Stitcher, I think, but, uh, you know. But I think, I think if you're finding you're getting traction, let's say you're getting traction on Spotify. The right. folks at Headliner have just partnered with Spotify and you can spend 250 bucks now and buy a podcast. You can buy an ad yeah, on yeah. on Spotify advertising your podcast. So if you're getting traction there, I'd go dump 250 bucks with Headliner to do this deal to get an ad spot on Spotify. You know, if you're or trying to think the content that you're producing really, really caters to a Spotify listener. Right. Or if you're, if you know, if you're seeing that you've got bigger numbers, again, right. every show is different. So this show, you believe me, believe me, this is not a Spotify show. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay with us, actually. I, I think we have like 1% or 2% to listen on Spotify to this show. Yeah. <laughs> but it's more like 70% for Apple Podcasts. So it's, you know, it just shows you where the, where the podcast creators then, are at. But we are in Pandora. Right, we are. So very early, actually, uh, Lindsay from Pandora added this show a couple of years ago. Matter of so, fact, we need to get Lindsay back on here and find out what's going on. Yeah, he is sitting at the middle of a of a big <laughs> of a lot of companies, isn't he? He's uh, in in the in the in the acquisition this, vortex. Right. This is yeah. So we're talking about uh, Lindsey Bowen. He's been a guest on this show before. He's he's the fellow that's kind of in charge of podcasting for Pandora and SiriusXM. So. so Patrick, maybe you should reach out to the Pandora team and say, "Hey, I'm getting great traction over here. What can yeah. I do? Can you, what can I do for you? You know, and go to them. And if you know if you're getting good traction, that that's a type of show. That, you know, that's the kind of relationship that you want to develop. And especially if you're promoting Pandora on your podcast, then they you know they may throw you some love. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm definitely um I, I'll definitely look into that because like I said, it, the uptick has been great. And the reason I'm saying it the, the, like that is because I didn't get it uh, I did twenty weeks, uh I did twenty episodes, so that was twenty weeks from October fifteenth to February twenty fifth. And I didn't get on Pandora until episode eleven right. or twelve. And it cut it cut that much into my Apple uh, or it cut that much into Spotify and on her radio. That I saw that change because at Apple I was sitting at a heavy sixty percent, and now, like I said, it's at forty eight, and it's looking like it's going down to forty seven because Pandora is going up. So I'm gonna do that. Thank you. But is your overall numbers? I'm sure your overall numbers are going up because of it too, because you're probably still getting the same downloads from those other platforms. It's just a smaller percentage, right? Right, right, correct. And and, and Clubhouse is just magnified my listens times a hundred because now I'm talking to the people who are uh, in the countries that I that listen right. to me. I'm talking to them now on this app. So it's an amazing feeling when I'm hosting a room at seven o'clock and I have people from the UK and London and Africa like, Hey, it's one or two o'clock in the morning here, but we're, we're up because we want to hear from you. So I think that's very important, you know, so I, I love it a lot. And, you know, I think that's something podcast, just like I said the other night, Rob, I experimented by launching a room for my, for Geek News Central and did the show on there. And I could probably label it better, 
to get more attraction from from techies that would be part of the audience, but maybe not necessarily podcasters. So I think that's an important takeaway too, is if you're, you know, if, if you're doing the show, Patrick, like you are on clubhouse and you're labeling it in your genre, you know, I, that oftentimes we don't, how many times a week, Rob, do you hear from podcasters say, where do I go find my audience? Um, y- you know, so Patrick has found his uh, part of his audience right here on clubhouse. Yeah. I mean, if, that's the key. You've got to find where your audience is. Right. Uh, no, I, I mean, interject. I just try, you see this so well because I also want to help people find their audience because I get asked that a lot as well. And I like to take the family feud approach when it comes to finding my audience and like and trying to understand what they like and what they want to consume. So what I do is that I'll go into my followers, I'll ask 100 people uh, one question and I'll get the average answer. So when I get an average answer, I'll take that, those answers, and I'll formulate a new question. Nice. And then I'll go to another hundred people, and I'll ask that question because now I'm getting average answers from average people, and it's coming to where they will most likely be in tune with or not in align with. So now I know which way to go, and now my tribe is getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. So you're definitely right. Yeah, that's great. It's great that you found your your target that you're trying to reach and you're able to reach it. I think uh, a lot of podcasters would love to have that. <laughs> but uh, Patrick, I want you to tell us how a a listener um, to this podcast can can find your podcast and to find out more more information about you. Okay, hey, well, my my name is Patrick, and my <laughs> my whole my podcast is the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast. I think I need to change it because I always say the Clear Mind, and it's just. Clear Mind Fitness. So it's Clear Mind Fitness Podcast. I'm on Apple. I'm on all the major streaming platforms. So Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google. And actually, Google is, Google is going good, too. And so I, I, I think I heard you guys mention the Google aspect of it as well. And that's going up, too. So that's where you can find my podcast. Awesome. Well, so, Patrick, don't be afraid to change the show. We changed the show's name live one time. We went from one name to another. It, took a two, it was a two-minute discussion. So don't be afraid to change the name of your show. I think I just mentioned it on the show. And by the next episode, we had already changed. So. Right. That's <laughs> noted. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, thank you, Patrick. I appreciate you stepping up. And uh, we have a new person that's up on the panel, Todd. Um, Irina Russell. I think if I pronounce that right. Irina, thank you yes. so much. For stepping up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I've been listening to uh, to you three wise people who've been <laughs> podcasting for a very long time. Yeah. So you. I I yeah, I appreciate the knowledge that uh, that you're giving. Um just started podcasting about a year ago and um, I was listening um, to you, Rob. And um, so the question that I have is with regards to when you talk about, you know, a particular type of podcast or Spotify versus Apple, can you expand on that in, in, in terms of, you know, um, what type of podcast that is, you know, more palatable for Spotify versus Apple? Uh, Rob, I think it's more about personality than type or content type. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a, we don't, I don't really know for sure. Um, a hundred percent. Uh, I, I just know what I see in the numbers and, uh, typically younger shows. And I think it may just be who they're 
who their marketing appeals to on the Spotify brand versus the Apple brand. Um, so I, I think it's, uh, I think you're going to have the greatest potential of growing your audience, um, via Apple, uh, overall, but as a percentage of your consumption, I think if the, if you're doing a show that maybe is a more appealing to a younger demographic, which is clearly in the Edison research that we're seeing now is a fast growing demo podcasting space right now that you can grow an audience a little quicker if you're catering to that audience and you're focused on Spotify. So I think that as a strategy perspective, as you think about your content uh, and the type of show that you're producing, you, we are Todd, I think uh, we are in this era now where certain types of shows are catered to different platforms. Well, I, I think so. To see that develop here. And I don't think there's ever been a true study done, but I, you know, just taking and holding my thumb up into the air to see the way the wind's blowing, I would bet entertainment shows, edgy comedian, again, younger, uh, more hip, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, life topic oriented, uh, people of color, this type of thing, I think will maybe trend a little better on Spotify. It's more with the Spotify brand, right? Apple is a little bit more of a traditional brand. I wouldn't say it's at the cutting edge of culture that it used to be. Mm -hmm. I think in the early days of podcasting, I would, I would have said that, you know, that, you know, Apple was the Spotify, but Apple is, you know, it's an older company. It's, it has an older brand. Uh, it's more established. So you tend to kind of get that feeling, but I still think the vast majority of listening opportunity is over there on Apple. Yeah. And on all the different Apple apps, but again, I, if this audience hasn't learned anything during this show, one thing's for sure is make sure you're not forgetting the Android users. Right. Well, I think that's, that's where the biggest growth potential is. Oh, I, it's it, by far. That's what we've been saying for years is that we are under indexing on Android. I mean, the, the opportunity over there is where the future is a question. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. You're um, welcome. Is there any yeah. thoughts that you have, Irina? We'd love to hear it. Well, you know, I run two entrepreneurship podcasts and I've been looking at my numbers and the Apple percentage is by far the highest. Right. And Spotify is not as high. I have an other section, and I'm assuming that other section has to do with Google Podcasts and Podcast Addict, which is like 37%. So, which is, you know, surprising me because I was thinking, well, it's Apple and Spotify. But in listen to, listening to you gentlemen today, um, I think. You know, I will do more advertising as it relates to Android users because I've been, you know, really pushing the iOS user, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a common thing to to do because you're trying to reach the largest yeah. pool of listeners. But as far as growth opportunities, though, and I think what's going to be announced next week will have a significant impact on on this topic. So <laughs> one thing I will suggest to you, though, is is what you're your current audience may be subscribed across a variety of platforms. So telling them they can get the show on Android may is something you should do every episode, but because podcast, the number one podcast discovery method right now is Google. 
you make sure that your Google, make sure your .com, make sure your website where you have your podcast, where you build your brand. And, you know, I, I call my sites uh, Moonbase Alpha. That's where I drive everyone to for the content. And then they go out and, because I also blog and other stuff, I, I drive them out to various subscription places. I make that available on every page of my website above the fold so that if they if they arrive via Google and they land on a, a blog post and it's non-podcast related, they say, oh, this guy's got a podcast. I can also subscribe to it and a percentage of them do. So the option has to be there when someone comes to your website to be able to subscribe on Apple, be able to subscribe on Android, be able to subscribe on Spotify, these major destination points. And it can't be hidden on a third page. It has to be on the main page above the fold. I think that's the main mistake a lot of podcasters make now is they're not giving us a, a follower subscription opportunity on their websites. Because if you look at your, if, I don't know if you have Google Analytics tied to your show or not, but you'll know you've got three or four seconds at the max to capture someone's attention when they come to your website before they leave. And if they come via Google, if they, if you don't even, they, they won't even scroll up off or down most of the times. They will, they'll just look at what's in the header. And if there's no indication that you're doing a podcast or there's no way to subscribe, you've lost a follower subscribe opportunity by that traffic that comes in. And most co podcasters are failing to ca capitalize on that completely. Some do it very well, but really what you're trying to do is make sure that the opportunity to subscribe to your show on all these platforms as much as possible is available and at least get the top five or six. And um, that way, if someone does come to the website and discover you there, and I, I did a whole topic on just episode discovery. It's easy to discover a show by its name. Now the battle is, is to win the Google race on finding an episode by a search term. So um, that's a whole another hour worth of conversation here, but make sure the opportunity on your website is available for them. Yeah, and also, um, I mean, oftentimes the search results will will actually um, pull up in the top position your your Apple podcast page uh, as a primary link. I, I think Google doesn't emphasize their own links quite as much as they they do the Apple podcast links. So you. And I don't see Todd and, and I haven't seen very often the Spotify link show up in that search result. Oh, never. They, they put that behind a, a password, right? So yeah. you can't get into that. And, you know, I, I encourage you to Google, you know, just open up your browser on your phone or on your desktop and Google your show name. Number one, see how it looks, where you, you know, where you fall out and take a couple of episodes that have been up a couple of weeks and Google the title of your podcast and see if you rank. I, I work really, really hard to try to get in the top two or three results on every, I don't win them all. Um, I lost one last week. I've not even found, but there's another article or another podcast I did where I'm nestled right in between in gadget and Ars Technica. And I got in the sweet spot, the number two spot for that search results and it's driving in a tremendous amount of traffic to the website. And then it's driving a tremendous uptick in new subscribers. So again, you have to use your websites to your advantage and make sure that you're putting content on there that you, you, you record for your audience, you write for Google. Well, and you have to really think uh, really deep about your episode titles. Because that actually is what's oftentimes driving these pages. Yeah. 
that show up in the Google search results on via Apple, which tends to come up number one uh, in most searches because guess what? Apple.com is a, is a trusted domain name. So of course Google prioritizes Apple.com, but it's also critical that you have relevant keywords and, uh, treat your episode titles like a newspaper headline is what I would recommend. I mean, I mean, what's going to entice somebody to click on that, right? What's going to entice somebody to come in and check out your show? Um, that's something that you have to think about, um, more and more, I think. Rob, uh, Tom Webster jumped in the Facebook chat and he said, shout out to space 1999. What did I miss? <laughs> he obviously, he obviously related something here. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I was a big fan of space 1999. I actually, not that long ago, I watched a couple of episodes on on YouTube. Tom. Okay. What's, or is he calling us old? I'm, I'm not exactly sure the, 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 the comment. So Tom, I'm a little dense right now. So was it something we said? Tom, <laughs> come on into clubhouse and join us here and tell us your thoughts about your, your uh, newsletter that you wrote talking about how radio uh, should be, you know, looking at clubhouse. <laughs> It's, it was in my reference to Moonbase Alpha, calling Geek News Central Moonbase Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got it now. Age, Tom, when you talk about Space <laughs> And I never watched Space 1999, so I, don't, I didn't know Moonbase Alpha was a thing. Maybe subconsciously I did. <laughs> just, just do a search in Google, Space 1999, and you'll find out what oh, we're talking about. Okay, funny. Yeah. So, oh, all right. I just want to say thank you so yeah. much. I really appreciate all the nuggets that you've given me, and I'm definitely going to apply that uh, for my website. And I'll check out that episode where you talk about episode discovery. So, thank you so much, gentlemen. Yeah, um, and why don't you share with us how a listener can find your your podcast? Well, I am on all the major platforms. Right. Um, my podcast is uh, at Live with Irenia and uh, also the Canadian Side Hustle and Business podcast. It's really awesome. It helps. Uh, it's a dose of inspiration for awesome. individuals who want to start their side hustles. So the intent is to make it as seamless as possible to get there. So uh, I interview people from all over the world and uh, also across Canada as well. Thank you, gentlemen. Awesome. Well, thank you, Irina. Thanks for stepping up. Tom says, uh, no, you are old. Can't make the clubhouse today, but enjoying the show as always. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Irina, just so you know, the session I did uh, talking about, um, growing your show organically that is available on the podcast movement university website. I did the presentation on Wednesday. It's free. You can join the podcast movement university um, for free and you get access to all the great content, a variety of speakers from different companies, genres, everything are in there. Um, so take advantage of that and, and getting access to it. So it was a, an AMA that I did to this past Wednesday, but there's a lot of other good content in there. Well, and the best part is again, F R E E free. <laughs> you don't have to pay, don't have to pay a thousand and twenty dollars to get access to the quote unquote mastermind. that's five years out of date. <laughs> None of those courses running around. All right. Yeah. 
Well, Todd, I thought it was interesting, uh, Tom Webster's article. I still want to talk about him, he, even though he won't come over and join us. Yeah, I but, didn't uh, get a chance to read it, but go ahead. Okay, well, he was drawing this correlation between, um, you know, when like an Elon Musk gets on Clubhouse mm -hmm. uh, and creates this, you know, or Mark Zuckerberg, or it, it creates this environment that's not unlike radio, right? So you get tens of thousands of people or six or 7,000 people all in one room together. And once you get beyond the span of uh, one screen, then you start getting into the realm of what a person might think of as radio, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're bringing a lot of people together in one place. You have a small amount of people up on stage, not unlike what happens on a, you know, like a, like a, uh, radio station, right. That has maybe two or three people in the station and they're talking right with yeah. a celebrity or something like that. So he was drawing that, that, that connection that radio should be looking at maybe clubhouse is the future of radio. Well, that's an interesting move. And I've been, I've been wondering who's going to buy clubhouse and or radio. <laughs> I, I think I heart <laughs> or maybe they roll their own, but I, right. you know, every time radio buys something though, it just to me leaves a bad taste in my mouth because it, it's just like, it's just like uh major mogul media companies buying up brands, but you know, people that bought Yahoo, you know, what they end up with a flop. You know, people that bought X, you know, the satellite television people, what they end up with a flop, you know, so sometimes they get in a little too late. So I guess maybe Clubhouse is early enough, but then would people leave? You know, if iHeart bought Clubhouse, but people like, oh, now it's become corporate. Let's get out of here. Right. Shouldn't they just participate first? Shouldn't, you know, if, if I was a morning DJ, um, well, then again, there's no screening. So that's a problem. You just, if you're on the radio, you know, you got to keep your finger on this, on the smash button for someone saying beep, you know, saying the wrong word. So. Right. So I, yeah. Bob, Bob Pittman was on clubhouse and he had like six, you know, he's the CEO of iHeartRadio. Right. Just a week ago or so. And he had, you know, he had everybody around him as, you know, his whole iHeartRadio team. Connell was there and, all sorts of stuff. And they, they had a lot of people talking. I think Paris Hilton was in that room at the same time. So you start thinking about that, right? Boy, just the person I want to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> so Todd, we do have another person up on stage awesome. with us. Kathy Carter, uh, has joined us. I appreciate her braveness. Of Rob, coming up. just so you know, we're at 90 minutes already. Go ahead. Uh, so we'll have to make this quick and then we'll wrap up the episode here in the next uh, few minutes. But, uh, Kathy, thank you for stepping up. I guess you are the host of the, why don't you say the name of your podcast so I don't <laughs> slaughter it for you. <laughs> Lichen, the Lichen Sclerosis Podcast. All right. Well, thank you for stepping up. Do you, do you have a question or comment or contribution in some way? Um, well, first I want to say thank you. And Todd, I was at that, um, that a, um, AMA that you did for a podcast university and anyone who it is, it is a great place to be. They do bring a lot of great speakers and, um, and like you said, it's free. So, um, and they have a lot of like courses and things like that. So, um, but I had a question regarding titles. So I have a website where, you know, I send my, um, potential listeners and 
I have a question about SEO of titles on the website versus SEO of titles for the podcast. Do you recommend having the same exact title or do you tweak them for Google versus like Apple? So some platforms will allow you to do that. Um, if you're using WordPress and PowerPress, we allow you to have a title for the blog post and we allow you to have a title for what goes into Apple Podcasts. So it depends on the host, whether or not they allow you to have two. Um, and then sometimes so you got to remember, be, even though it's because it's the Apple podcast title tag, it may not carry across to some of the other apps. Some of the other apps may use the original title tag in your RSS feed. I, I have opted to do the same title that goes into Apple podcast and that goes into my, my website. Um, that's a personal preference. You can experiment. I, I always encourage people to experiment. Right now, Google is not sending a search engine. Okay, so if, if someone searches for your app, let's say they, you have a unique title for your episode in, in your number one spot in uh, Google search results for that episode, they're going to send them back to your website. They're not going to send them to the Apple podcast listing that has that episode because they're not indexing it that way. They're only indexing on Apple podcasts, the, the name of the show. So my, again, my, my comment stands, you, you record for your audience, you write your blog post for Google, and then you make sure that when you write that episode title, and this is what I shared again in the AMA is that you, you think about that title as if someone was going to search for it and, you know, make the title a search term and then back it up in the first paragraph of content. But the short answer is I use the same title for both. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. I think um, getting your strategy in place that's consistent across all of the visibility of your, of your episode, whether it be in Google or in the, the Apple podcast listening app or Spotify or any of these, having that consistent um, keyword string, essentially keyword phrase string is, is key to growing your audience. I know Lipson does give, give you the opportunity to change those titles to specific um, platforms. So like you could ha have a different title in, in Apple than you have in Spotify. If you wanted to, if you wanted to make slight changes to it, um, it's possible to do that, but I don't believe most people are actually doing that. I think they're trying to be as consistent as possible. Rob, on the Apple Podcast app, you can't search for an episode. You can only search for a title of a, a program. So right. the only thing it will be will be a visual difference think, when someone finds your show. They may be changing that, though. Well, that would think. be awesome if they did. If they, if they made it so you could find a specific episode in Apple Podcast. And every app is different what they search and index. That is a kind of future direction for a lot of these listening platforms because they are starting to take, and they've been doing this for a few years. Most podcasters don't know this, but they have been taking, making transcripts of all the audio. So, and that's, be, you know, they're going to use it somehow, right? I, I'm hedging that they're going to be looking for time hacks in your show notes for right. episode well, breaks. That's, yeah, I think they're, they're, they're going to do that. Yeah, as well. I think so too, but we'll see. Well, Kath, thank you so much for, 
for stepping up and joining us and, um, and uh, you know, have a great uh, experience podcasting and have a great week. And I think Todd, we're probably going to wrap it up here, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you want to keep track of what Rob and I are doing, go ahead and uh, hit our profiles and hit follow if you want. And I've been trying to follow anyone that comes in the room. If I missed you, I apologize. Um, but again, uh, for those of you that have been on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, or wherever you may have been listening today, thanks for your watching us live. And of course, our podcast audience that is listening later to the show, uh, you can join us each Saturday at 12 Eastern to join us on a clubhouse. Again, we apologize. They don't have an Android app yet. So hopefully that gets resolved soon. But if you want to subscribe to the show, go over to newmediashow.com. Of course, you can reach me, Todd, at Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. We couldn't afford the E's, so it's Blueberry without the E's. And, of course, my Twitter address is at Geek News. So, Rob? Those E's were very expensive, Todd? Is yeah, that what that That's was? right. If we tried to buy Blueberry.com, and there's a whole story behind that, but it was like a million dollars. So, of course, I keep raising the number. I think it was actually 500K. So we couldn't afford the E's, and we took the E's out. Right. Right. So, and if you wanted to watch this, uh, this whole show is a video podcast. You can actually get that on the Apple podcast experience too. That's Just right. uh, look for the album art that we have in the catalog that has a video edition at the top of the album art. So, um, but anyway, well, thank you, Todd. Thank you to all, all of our clubhouse attendees and speakers that have come up on stage. Uh, we appreciate it. And we'll be back on Wednesday for another edition. Rob, you didn't give me your contact info. I didn't. You did oh not. Goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenley and I can, you can reach me by email too. If you want Rob G at Lipson.com and that's L I B S Y N.com. <laughs> so I hope everybody has a great weekend and Todd, we you can sign us off. All right. And Rob, I saw your blog post about gear you can use to get a more professional sound on clubhouse. So you, you can find that at robgreenlee.com. He put an article up, I think yesterday yep. about the gear he bought. So if you want to do some investment in making your clubhouse sound, sound better, you can do that. But right. uh, we want to thank everyone for being with us here today. We'll see you again back here on Wednesday at three. Well, on the podcast at 3 p.m. Eastern 12 Pacific. All right, everyone take care. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.